discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified in you. More time. Oh, we don't have more We have a lot of time. Oh, yes. So, I mean, we are flowing. Yes. Thank you very much, sir. And please, I want to ask you a question about forgiveness. Yeah. So, um, um, <laughs> it's an M question. Um, not sometimes I think about the fact that the Bible says in Matthew chapter 18 that when someone offends you, forgive that person. 70 times. Times 7. Yeah. And then I also think about Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15. As the same Holy Spirit says that he is aware of how we feel our weakness and all that we go through, but in all that. Hebrews 4, what? 16. 15. 15, yeah. He wasn't tempted. We have not an high priest who cannot be tempted. Yes. Yeah. Daddy, how come I know all these scriptures? Or we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Who cannot be touched with the feeling of our... So the feeling you are having, the Holy Spirit knows about it. Yeah. So it's Jesus. We're talking about Jesus, right? Yes. Uh-huh. yes but what in all points like us, we are yet without sin. Uh-huh. So how come... We know about First Corinthians chapter 13. About love. love yes. Yeah. So how come I know all these things? And yet still... Certain things come up. And you notice that you can't, like you, <laughs> it's like, you, so you, you want to, you want to be nice, you want to love, you want to do everything because you know that you have to walk by the way. But, like, as soon as maybe you hear something pertaining to that or you see the people or something. Then, uh, like you are trying, like sometimes you can say the high, but as as you walk away from the highs, like that you please understand. I understand. <laughs> so how come we know or it have maybe forgiveness fine, but maybe in other things like. Um, financial prosperity, you know that you are rich, you say you are rich, but at a point when you don't have money, it's like you are... Sometimes you know that correction is good from your shepherd, but then when at a time when, yes, when they correct, it's like all of a sudden I'm gone, I'm off, yes. But my major question is about the forgiveness. So how, how do I know the scriptures and then, in what aspects do I have to maybe grow in, develop better so that... So the answer is growth. Okay? We are all growing a lot. Nobody can come, come to the point where he says, I've 
finished my growth. I just finished my growth last week. There's nothing like that. As long as you are here on earth, you are still developing in one area or another. You may be falling short in one area, but achieving great exploits in another area. That's how it is. But God wants an all-round something. Now, you don't punish a child that is learning how to walk because she fell. You help the child to stand up. Easy. Now, there are different kinds of knowledge. And the Bible shows it to us clearly. There are different types or different heights of knowledge. There's gnosis, which is the which is spiritual knowledge that comes to you. Okay. That's sorry, that's scientific knowledge. Gnosis is scientific knowledge, knowledge of facts. So sometimes the scriptures is a fact to you. It's something you have come to know that oh, this scripture exists, this scripture exists, this scripture exists. But you, you know the scriptures, you can quote them. But then it has not yet come to you as revelation. Revelation knowledge is ginosko. You have a lot of words for knowledge in the Bible, but the Greek is different for almost all of them. Okay, there's ginosko, there's epigenosko, there's epignosis, there's gnosis, there's ginosko, there's hey! <laughs> epignosis, and then there's epigenosko, and then there's ido. Ido is when you become aware of that knowledge that you have. But the ultimate aim is that you have epignosis concerning every single thing that you know. Okay, that's the height of knowledge. Epignosis has to do with a knowledge where you are the knower and the known are united. Where the, your reaction, there's no reaction time. There's no reaction time between what you know and what you experienced. What you experience is met by what you know immediately. I don't know if you get it. You experience the knowledge. Now, let's say someone insulted you. The first response is not, hey, am I the one? I'm in a am I the one you're talking to like that? Ah. <laughs> if it was, because, was not because I was a Christian, eh? you know what I would have told you. Your reaction time between what you know as a child of God and you experience is very long. Someone who can react very nicely. I've forgiven you. <laughs> I've forgiven you. <laughs> I've forgiven you. <laughs> then you go to the room and then you cry, Lord! I feel like killing this person. Your reaction time is very... So we all grow. We grow into it. But the ultimate aim is that as it's happening, you are responding with the word of God. And you don't have any afterthoughts about what happened. That's the aim. And you are, we are all coming, we are all growing in various aspects. So in, in terms of forgiveness, you may have to develop some more along that line. What it means that now you know. It's good when you recognize that I have a problem with this particular thing. You can supply, you see, we are asked to supply to our faith, virtue. So you can supply to it that I'll pay more attention to it. I'll let my reaction time become better. Help me, Lord, help me train myself to forgive easily. Because that's what Jesus Christ said. Matthew chapter 5. That's what he said. He says we should forgive. You see, Stephen was being stoned. As we were stoning him, we were stoning him. They are killing him. He didn't say, ah, you, you will see. Ah, you. No, as we were killing him, he said that, Lord, do not 
hold it against them. What Jesus said on the cross is exactly what he said. He knew what Jesus had, had said on the cross whilst they were killing him. And it had become his reaction. The reaction was immediate. Look at it. Acts chapter 7, verse 54. Acts 7, 54. Oh, there's no Acts 7, 54. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. As, the, as he was preaching, when they heard him, they were cut to the heart. And they gnashed on him with their teeth. Next verse, verse 55. But he, beholding, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of, the, of God. And Jesus standing on the right hand of God. And said, Behold, I see the heavens open, and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. When they heard it, they go angry. They rushed on him. Next verse. Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran. Can you imagine his preaching? That's their reaction. And they rushed on him and stoned him, caught him. And they ran upon him with one accord. Next verse. And cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the, witness laid, the witnesses laid their, down their clothes at the young man's feet, whose name was Saul. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God. And saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lay not this sin to their charge. And when he had said this, he fell asleep or he died. His last words was, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. This is a human being. Praying for those who are killing him, that the Lord will not hold it against them. It's the same as what Jesus said. Forgive them, for they know not what they do. Same thing. So, so uh, Stephen knew, had that knowledge, but that knowledge of Jesus, what Jesus said on the cross, had become his experience. The knowledge he had had become his experience. That was his first reaction. It, maybe he should have waited small, or he should have died and written something. As he's done, he's writing something. You, God will pay, will repay all of you. As, as, yeah, because other people, are, other people did that in the Bible. Yes, as they were being stoned, they were cursing those who were doing that to them. You see what I'm talking about? Yes. Elisha had some children laughing at him. And he couldn't bear it. As they were laughing at him, after he was aborted. He said, eh, me, you are laughing at me? If I be a man of God, let bears come out of this forest and chew all of you up. He killed 40, 40 children. One, two, three, forty. Sunday school children, he killed all of them. Hey! Dude could not forgive at all. I mean, Elisha had a problem with anger. You don't, you don't. Elisha is the one that Gehazi, Gehazi, well, Gehazi was not Elijah's servant, though. Gehazi was Elisha's servant. Gehazi followed somebody and took, he followed Naaman and took money and some things from him. Elisha said, Hey, from whence cometh thou? Elijah said, oh, I just went to go and check someone out. I went to visit my sick mother. He said, listen, when you went, my heart went with you, and my eye went with you. I saw all that you did there. The of Naaman is coming to you, and to your family, your family members. Yeah, not, I did the problem to you and to your family members. Everybody. Everybody. Stephen could have said that, but as he was dying, he said, Lord, forgive. Forgive them. It was impossible for some of some of these people to do that in the Old Testament because they didn't have love in them. But now you have love. The love of God is shut up in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. You see? Yes. So it's, re- it's, it's, it's reactionary time that needs to reduce. As time goes on, let's keep up. Don't give up. For instance, finances, for instance, you are growing in it. If you can hear a powerful teaching and you feel like, ha! Hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Amen, amen, amen. Amen, amen. 
Mangle, you, you start speaking in very strange tongues. <laughs> it's like, this is it. I have it. Do you see? I'm buying a plane tomorrow. I'm giving all my all. You will give your all. You are supposed to give your all. At different times, you give our all. But after you have given, okay, you have need of patience. You are going to grow in it. Whatever, you, whatever seed you sow, you must harvest before you die. Uh-huh. So it takes time. You grow into various things. I don't struggle with financial prosperity at all. By God's grace. But you may be struggling with it. There was a time I used to struggle with it big time. So it was not easy. I thought my story was wild. Until I heard some people's stories. I realized that I was not even, I was not even struggling. When I thought I was not struggling, I heard, listen, there's someone who had to, he walked from Kanishi. Eh? You know him? Reverend George. Reverend George walked from Kanishi to Sakumono. You know Sakumono? Sakumono Estates. Walked. But there's no money. There's no money. Men of Galilee. Galilee. Yeah, then the Galilee give the Lord. Walking. Many, many years. It's not a small thing. Yes. As a preacher. But then he understood giving and started sowing gradually. Gradually. When he started sowing, he was not seeing anything. Now, Charlie, no, I don't want to get into some things. No, 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 I don't want to see. If I say your, your faith will crash. Yes. yes. So there's a time when you start reaping in a certain light. You get it? And it's not just, it's not only your seed sowing. Your spirituality is important to the Lord. Listen, every, don't, God hates the prosperity of fools. You get it? Like you, you just want money from him. So you've given 5000 so that you can, he can give you $50,000. No, it's more than that. You understand? It's more than that. You must develop yourself spiritually as well. You must allow the Holy, your, your relationship with the Holy Spirit to deepen as time goes on. He can show you what to do. It's important. Okay? So it all boils back down to process. Growth is equal to process. Without process, nothing works. Everything that works, works as a result of process. Yes, it's a process. Every good thing you have, the shirt you're wearing, did not come out of like that. Even God does process. God created the heavens and the earth and created trees and everything in Genesis chapter 1. In Genesis chapter 2, he was bringing them out of the ground gradually and he called Adam to come and till the ground. What he planted, what, what God did were, were all seeds. They were all seeds in the ground. All, all, all of them were seeds. All that God created was seeds. Are you in the church? And he needed a man to till the earth for it to grow as he wanted it to grow. So you can't skip the process. If you skip the process, that doesn't work. Okay? So, forgiveness. You know the scriptures. But let the scriptures seep into your heart some more over the period. Hallelujah. Yes. Sometimes some things happen and you realize that it is above your level of forgiveness. You need to build yourself to get to that height. To not react. Uh, okay? Sometimes something can happen and you can react for five months. Like five months, you're angry about it. One year, you're angry about it. Yes. You must grow. When you realize that this thing took me one year to forgive. 
grow to let that a similar thing take you six months or three months to forget. As time goes on, it should be one month. As time goes on, it should be two days. You don't care about it anymore. You get it. Same with everything. Yes. You realize that you asked for a thousand cities from the Lord and it took one month for it to come. It means that you need to work yourself up in faith for it to be smaller. For a thousand cities to come to you in a day. Or in hours. Okay? I know someone, between January 1st and January 16th, personal finances, he had received 170,000 Ghana cities. He's not a businessman, he's a preacher. 170,000 Ghana cities in 16 days. 170,000. Do you know what I said? 170,000. 1.7 billion. Yes. In 16 days. January. No. January. It's time. You, you may not be able to get 170,000 in a year. Maybe it will need you, you need five years to get it. But don't stop. That's, that's where we are going to. You want to get to a certain point. You want me to give a million dollars, right? Yeah. You want to give a million dollars, right? Yeah. You are going there. So, yeah, so start doing what you're supposed to do. Start sowing your seeds. Start developing in a space. Isn't, don't sow your seeds without Jesus Christ. Don't sow your seeds without developing in a space. It's not, it's not, it's, it doesn't work. God is not uh, men's gold. You give money to and then he multiplies it by 10. Gives it to you at the end of the month. No, it's more than that. Okay? Hallelujah! Have I answered you? Beautiful. Another question? I'll read the number because they are related to the same thing. Okay. So, can you date as a young Christian? Is it possible to marry a man or a woman 10 years older than you? Wow. Please, I have a strong urge to be in a relationship. And it's so serious that I feel lonely and get sad and depressed when I see or hear anything relating to relationship. I just can't... Like she wants to, she wants to be in a relationship so badly. You are not ready for it. Let me answer that one. The way you are feeling... Okay, continue. I just can't concentrate on everything because of that. I feel my life will be joyful when I have someone. How do I deal with it? You need to. You are not ready at all. Listen. Hello. Relationships are not a key to happiness in life. You see. If you are coming to a, into a relationship expecting that I will make you happy. And I am also coming to a relationship expecting that you will make me happy. Who will make you happy? Who will have unhappiness? Don't be so. You don't enter a relationship as a patient. Don't enter a relationship as a patient. It's like you need, if I, I need this from the person. I need companionship from the person. I need, no, you enter a relationship to give. So I'm going to give companionship. I'm going to give money. I'm going to give blessings. I'm going to give joy to the other person. And if you come in wanting to give, and I come in to come and give, we end up giving to each other, and we become fine. If you go in as a patient, you are in trouble. So you don't need a relationship at all. What you need is the Holy Spirit. You need a very serious relationship with the Holy Spirit. And let me, let me tell you, in a relationship, only the Holy Spirit helps you. True joy is from the Holy Spirit. 
No human being can make you. Or else you become a burden for me. Look at where I am. My wife is home. Doing what she needs to do. Going to work and all of that. If she needs me to make her happy, then I am in trouble. It means I can't go. You become a possessive person. Demonic even. And would want me to, you would want to kill me at the point. Because if you see me talking to somebody, your jealousy will arise. Why are you talking to this person? Why are you not talking to me? Why? You will kill me. You are a dangerous person who does not need a relationship now at all. You need Jesus Christ, I tell you. That's what you need. Oh, you see, there are some things that are not real. You call me, and for three hours we are on the phone and we are talking. The phone is hot. And are sitting, listen. They are pointing to you. They are pointing to (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) Listen. Hello. It's good. It's powerful. But it's not realistic. It's not sustainable. As time goes on, you realize that you are tired. Yes. <laughs> You'll be saying that you have changed. He, he changed, he was changing at that particular time. You didn't just know it. Yes. Have your have your joy. Have your peace. Have your love for the Holy Ghost. Be content. Have your spiritual independence. You must have independence from people and dependence on God. The primary qualification for a relationship. Without that, you are not ready to relate with anybody. You will become a heavy burden. If you are, it's like when I don't call you at a particular time because I am working or because I'm busy with something, you can text me and say, or call me and say, You, I'm not talking to you again and you're angry. Your immaturity is too big. Yeah, you, are too, you are too immature. Because I didn't call you, because of something that was happening, and I called you later, I was supposed to call you at 7, I ended up calling you at 9. And you don't pick 10 calls. Then you pick the 11th one. Why did you need you to call me at 7? You are mad. Why didn't I call you? Does your mother even call you at 7? What are you talking about? Why didn't I call you at 7? I have called you at nine. Be happy that I've called you at nine. And find out what happened at seven. He's not saying, you didn't call me at seven. You see, this is what I've been talking about. He said, ah. Eh. You will not, I'll not call you again. Bye-bye. What are you talking about? Why did you sleep when we're talking? Why should I not sleep when we are talking? Because you have been talking for five hours. Why? I need to rise up early in the morning and go to work. You will sleep during the day. I'm going at, to work at 6 a.m. 1 a.m. We are talking. Baby, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hey. Hmm. Are, are you sure you are there? Oh, yes, I'm here. You know I love you. You said it five times already. <laughs> ah! You need permission to go, you can sleep. I'll be there. 
no, stop stressing yourself over unnecessary things. If you're angry, listen, don't do that. A lot of ladies, Christian ladies, are sacking Christian men because of some of these things. I, you said I should, we were supposed to talk at 7. I couldn't call at 7. I called at 9. Oh, baby, what happened? Oh, oh it's good to hear. I, I was wondering what was going on. I hope you are okay. Oh, yes, I'm fine, though. This and this and this happened. That's why I couldn't call at 7. So it's one of them. And then you say, oh. Then the lady will say, oh, I'm so sorry about it. Yeah, it's well, it's well. I, but I hope you are fine. I hope you are okay. That's all. Then you continue talking. Instead of picking a car over unnecessary things. Why did you need to call me? You didn't call me. You know this I'm talking about. I don't know why. I don't know if you love me. You are going to use this as a blackmail for, for what? I don't know if you love me. I don't love you. Go away. And sometimes the guys are afraid to say it. That's why. But if a better option comes, no, go, no, go for the better option. Be sweet, be nice. What's this bitter, bitterness kind of quarrelsome every time? Why over unnecessary things? Oh, what is that? Oh, uh huh. So I've answered that one, isn't it? The first one was what? Can I date someone who is ten years married? Marry someone who is ten years older. Or ten or years younger. younger than me. Particularly, there's no age. I have someone who is a guy who is 25, marrying someone who is 35 in our, in our church. There's nothing wrong with it. The only trouble is that you have generational gap. And you must know, you must be educated on it. That there, there's a problem because of the age difference. There's a problem. I know some things you don't know. I've experienced some things you've not experienced. If I am entering the marriage as a father to you and not a husband, then it's going to be a problem. You get it? Because you can marry someone who is 10 years or 15 years older than you and he's going to become your father in everything from conversations to <laughs> when you say anything, when you, when you bring your opinion, when you say, Omu Ade. Everything that you don't respect. You don't respect. Look at your life. You are talking to me and you are talking to me. Do you, know, do you know how old I am? If that is going to be a problem, you should expect it. You should what? And guard yourself to find that particular challenge. So that's, it's like marrying a white woman or marrying a white man. Every marriage has problems. A basket full of problems. When you marry a white man or a white woman, you have another basket. <laughs> You have another basket of problems. Just learn. You see, so in your counseling, you must be taught that there's another set of basket of problems that you have. Special. Race problems, challenges with culture, whatever. So many things. You must understand. I have a family member who is married to a white man. They have another set of problems. Everybody has problems, but they have another set. That's how it is. <laughs> Cultural differences. Deal with it. If you learn to deal with it, you can marry very nicely and be happy. If the guy is older than you, you can marry. But you have another set of problems that you need to deal with. If you are ready for those problems, if you are ready for those challenges, then fine, you can enter it. Okay? Yes. I know someone who married someone who was 
12 years, 13 years younger than him. The problem didn't come, uh, it has now come. After 13 years of marriage, the problems, the other set of baskets has come. And he's ready to deal with it. It is very extreme. I didn't think 13 years ago when I was there, I knew everything. But I didn't think it would be as extreme as it is now. Very extreme. The person was crying when he was talking to me. This is an older, someone who is way older than me, but he confides in me. So as we're talking, he was crying. I was like, wow, the problem is very hot. But he is resolved to go through it. The lady is the one fooling around now. He is resolved to go through it and gain his marriage back. I said, let's fight. You ready for the fight? I will fight with you. Let's fight it. I was even saying something. He said, no, no, that's my wife. I mean, I can't, I can't. It's fine. It's okay. It's my wife. Praying that it to change. I said, wow. I clap for him in my heart. <laughs> I tell you. <laughs> Any other question from here? Have I answered all? Those first one. Can you date as a young Christian? A young Christian. <laughs> Honestly, listen, honestly, if dating, I don't know but what you are looking at, but you see, I shouldn't get involved with a lady without marriage in perspective. That is the foundation of the whole thing. You see, when I say, I love you, and then you also say, I love you too. Can we work? We can work. And then we start working, and we are going. I am 19, you are 21. Or, I'm, so you are the lady, so you are 19, I'm 21. And we are hanging around each other. Botos is moving. Breast is moving. No, don't joke with breast, don't joke with Botos, please. Don't joke with it. Allah. Botos. Breast. Don't joke with it. Yes. They are lethal weapons. Are you in the church or you have gone home? The Bible says, listen, it's biblical. Listen, oh. Hmm. Everything I'm saying is biblical. The Bible says, do not awaken love before it's time. It's not time to awaken some things. Now that you are 19 and you are 20, and it's like you feel like someone should hold your breath, someone should hold your purse. So... Or you want to hold, so you start a relationship. What are you going to do in the relationship? You will just be having sex. It's 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 not even don't don't explain some things to me. It's that is what is going to happen. That is the natural thing that will happen. Yes. You want to marry at let's say twenty eight, and you have started a relationship at twenty. By the time you are twenty eight, you have had five different girlfriends. Or you have slept with 20 people because you have awakened love before it's time. It's never, I charge you, you daughters of Jerusalem, lead by the rose and by the hands of the field, that you stand not up, nor awake my love to it, please. Don't, don't awake love before the time, before the Lord pleases, before the right time. If, if that's how it is, all those of you have lost your virginity. It's because you were hanging around a certain boy you were not supposed to hang around with. That's how it is. That is it. 
not time for your breast to be held. There's a time for it. You feel like it. When you don't learn to keep yourself, you are, you are, you are giving yourself. You see, I regret the first day I watched porn. I regret it. I, to be honest with you. Yes, I had older cousins who were watching. And I went to, I, I chanced on it. And I was going, they said, why am I going? I should sit down. And I also sat down. I regret. I was just about maybe nine years or eight years. Oh, they spoil everything. Yes, it's a major challenge that you can fight for the rest of your life. Yes, if the Lord does not come in you, it's like it's finished. Your wife will be there, you masturbate it. Your wife is there, you masturbate it. Hey, you'll be shocked. Your wife is there, you're talking to somebody else. Be, just because of the you have watched porn that has many ladies. This lady, this lady, you know, uh, big black hot mama. You know, caramel blue and black. You know this one. You know, like different tastes, different types. Give the Lord a shot if you like my message. You know so many things. So now that you have a dark, short lady that you are married to, that you are having sex with. Instead of enjoying your marriage, you look at big, black, hot mama. This one too is nice. Images are coming to you all the time. I tell you, are you in the church? You are spoiling what can be very beautiful. God created sex. God created what? He created it. He created it. How was Adam and Eve going to procreate? Through sex. They were one, and he separated them and said, you be here, you be here. Come into union through sex. He did that. He did it. So he's interested, and he has, he knows how it is going to be more, to be most enjoyed and most pleasurable. But we are consulting every other person for it. We are depending on Google and all kinds of people for, for it. If you depend on the Lord, he will teach you, and it will be very pure. Yes, you have serious good drive for your wife, good drive for your husband. So, you see, the problem is that when you start something that when you are young, you use, listen, you will not survive. All those who did that, they didn't survive. I've been around for some time. Yes. Hmm? They didn't survive. And when it is time for marrying, marry. Don't fool around. Don't be jumping. Yeah. I'm going to do my master's. I'm going to do this. I want to do my master's before I get married. I want to... Listen, you are giving yourself more troubles. I married very young. I was 26 when I got married. I don't want problem. I don't want to sin. You understand? It's inside me. Fresh. Prayer what? It's inside. I realize that her. Hey. Things are knocking things. It's not easy. My blood is boiling hot. I am not an Enoch at all. And when I saw my wife, I said, man, this I like. Yes. When I see her, I'm like, hmm. So I had to marry very quickly so that I can be fine. So when it's time for marriage, then you're also delaying. It's also another problem. You see? Uh-huh. It's also another complete, complete different problem. But don't start something when you are too young and you don't have marriage in view. 
well, this is not Amer- in America. They can marry at 19. They married at 19, 18, 17. Ken Hagen married at 19. His wife was 17. He was 19. He got married. Yes. Then they, see, I was same thing. See, was 19 too. I think they were both 17 or something like that. And they married for many, many years. Yes, married for many, many years as teenagers. But this is not, this is not, because America, you can have some kind of provision. This is Ghana. By the time you, you rent the house, you are 27. <laughs> I mean, it's difficult. <laughs> By the time you buy a bed that you sleep with your wife, on, on, you, are, you are 28. Yeah. By the time you buy the list, you are 30. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So please, don't awaken. If you don't follow my counsel, you will mess up. Yes. You will mess up and you educate your flesh. You will teach your flesh to do things it's not supposed to do. And you'll be married as a wonderful married woman. Okay? You are cooking in the kitchen. You see your houseboy moving around. You see that it's like he has some biceps. Your husband's stomach is like this. That guy's biceps. Hey, you lick your lips. Before you realize... A houseboy is sleeping with you. It's happened to so many people. So many people. So many people. Yes. First one is for the husband. Second one is for the houseboy. So many people. Are you in the church? You have to be careful. Or else you become a, a, a woman who does not understand what it means to sit down. There was a lady who was getting married. I was telling Pastor Alex about it. I mean, she had too much, too much experience. Two weeks before she got married, she was calling people to have sex with her. Because she's going to marry them, that will be the end. So she, she was in a hurry to have sex with many people. Because she has been having sex. True, true, true story. I'm not joking with you. True story. She was once in this church many years ago. She's not in this church, she's left the church a long time ago. She was calling me. I called, I said, listen, marry happily and stay with your husband. I know that the counsel I gave her, she's not going to take Because it's going to be very difficult for her. Because she's not used to one man. Yes. She's not used to one man. Don't educate yourself. Like you are, you are too educated. You have too many, too much exposure. Too much exposure. Too much exposure. God knows. Listen. God knows who you marry. He knows. He knows his energy. And he knows. <laughs> oh yes, God knows. He knows the energy of the person. And he knows what you should also do to be able to, the desire you need to be able to match it. Now you have a very high desire that your husband cannot meet. Two experience. You want to do two hours of pounding. Because your boyfriend, those boys that you were sleeping with, the Muslim guy, he has chewed upon some tower. He has chewed cement. He has chewed so many things. He's waste the back here. There's another something extra. Hey. They've cut, cut him with medicine and they put medicine inside. And he's the one sleeping with you. They fortified him. He's using spiritual energy. Ah. Your husband, two minutes, then he's finished. Two minutes, he's finished. They're like, ah, where are you? Are you done? I'm done. Then you remember Hassan. Alaji, Alaji, Alaji Muhammad. You remember Alaji? You remember Hassan? Alaji Muhammad. You remember Baba Gida? 
Before you realize, you have taken your phone. Babangida. Oh, Baba. Why are you? Save me from this. <laughs> Two minutes life. <laughs> I'm telling you the realities of life. I tell you. Are you in the church? Don't joke. So, don't, like, don't play with last. Okay? Hey, last day. Last will take you to the edge of a cliff. Without you knowing that you're on the edge of the cliff. And then it will smile to you and laugh at you and make you see that you're on the edge of a cliff and push you. That's how, that's how last is. Don't joke with it. And you'll call everybody to come and watch you. You'll disgrace you, you'll be surprised. You understand? Before I realize, you have five children with different people. Yes, this one with this one. Because you're following last. Yes. Before I realize, you are destroying many people's lives because of last. Before I realize, you have HIV. I realize your children are cursing you because you can't look after them. Yes. Most of our fathers are like that. Most of our fathers are like that, isn't it? Yes. You are the son or a daughter of a certain woman somewhere, this one, this one, this one. Your family is so complex. So complex. You have step brothers, side sister, this one, so many. You're always discovering new ones. You don't know who is what and all of that. Any other question? Yes. Uh-huh. Over there. And then we'll come to you. Okay? Okay. So, are you learning anything? Beautiful. You said that um, when Jesus was asked uh, what is the greatest commandment, he said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your might, and so forth. Um, someone like me who is young, this is the greatest commandment. I now know it, but I've also realized that loving God, I, I honestly, I don't really care. I, I you, don't, you don't believe? I don't, it's not that I don't believe, it's like... I, I didn't believe. hear what you said, I was just asking. Oh, what, I don't, like, really care, like, the care and the love for God, no. You don't care about God? Uh-huh, like, yeah. that much. There is respect. I know God is powerful. So it's like, ah, God is that powerful. Why does he need me to love you? And then, if that is a commandment, like love God, and I realize I don't really, I don't even care about him, what do I do? Because it's a commandment. And also, a different question: How do you know that maybe you've been called to a healing ministry? How do you? How do you get to know yeah. that you've been called to a healing ministry? Yeah, beautiful answer. That's a question. Okay, so let's start with the first one. I think it's a powerful question, right? Yeah, because honestly, you can, you can realize, you can come to realize that you don't really... God is just a... Uh, yes, an abstract... If you just bless me or something, yes. But that's true. There's nothing wrong with it. It's good you have come to a realization of it, that I don't care about God. So now you can solve it by... Um, now you know that it's a commandment from the Lord. Love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Now, you need to have an understanding of who God is, a better understanding of who God is. Normally, if you don't know your father, most of us don't like our fathers because we don't know them. Or, you don't know him. Maybe your mother has poisoned you about your father. Said so many things. Oh, Papa, oh, no. 
your father is not good. It's this one, it's this, that, that, that. If your father is not good, who did he sleep with? It's not your mother. That's so who is also not good? Your mother is also not good. Good, good, good is equal to good. Bad, bad is equal to bad. Oh, oh, you don't understand. So don't listen to your mother too much about what she has said about your father. Find out about. You see, it takes two to tango. No so. Most of our mothers are very wicked people. And we don't even know it. Because they are very nice to us. But they are bad wives. They are bad wives. Good mothers, but very bad wives. They don't know what it means to be a wife. Because they were not taught or they never found out. So they say so many bad things about our fathers. And so we don't like our fathers. A friend of mine's father passed on about 20 years ago. And in the father's sickness, the father was sick for a very short time, like about two weeks. And he, he had to help the father. As he was helping the father, we were talking. So he started getting to know the father. Two weeks later, the father died. He cried bitterly because he had been deceived. He found out he had been deceived about his father. It pained him that he hadn't gotten to know his father and love his father. Yes. You see, then he died. Same with God. You may have a certain conception about God. He's great, he's there. But you don't know his love for you. You don't know that he desires you, not us. He desires you. God is a personal God. He's not a generic God. If you were the only person here on, here on earth, God would have sent Jesus Christ to come and die for you. That is how important you are. You are his creation. You came out of him and he cares about you as an individual. Not us. He cares about you. Are you in the church? So you must be awakened to the revelation of the fact that God cares and God loves you. Okay? It's, it's so important. If you get that, it will start changing your perspective. You start seeing that, ah, God is interested in me. Me, personally. Hallelujah. Yes. So, if, if, I don't know if you, are doing, you have been doing your cell meetings. If you have been doing your cell meetings, there's a manual I've written for, for you. Awaken to the fatherhood of God. We are understanding the love of the Father. I just wrote the second one today, this morning. You know, you need to you need to understand the love that God has for you. If you don't understand it, you will not you will never reciprocate His love. Our loving God is embedded in our understanding of His love for us. First John chapter four verse nineteen. Look at First John four nineteen. So I'm giving the solutions. Okay, can you read this to me? One to go. That's it. We love him because he first loved us. So you must understand that he first loved If you don't know that someone has loved you, you may not. Most ladies fall in love with guys who really love them. Most ladies don't start out with love for a guy. They end up with marrying people who love them. They realize that, ah, this guy, he really loves me. He'll do anything for me. Then they give themselves to the person. And that's what bad boys use. That's the secret of bad boys. So he will do things, actions of love. You buy pizza for you. When you ask for Momo, he'll send it to you. When you ask for the MTN credits, he'll send it to you. When you ask for what? Money, he'll Momo it to you. When you ask for what? 
Wait. Send the money to you. Go straight. Send the money to you. What else? Barbecue City. We take it to Barbie. We buy Barbecue City for you. Pinky. Birthday. We take you out. Then you realize that dresses he'll buy. So he's doing act of love. They say action speaks louder than words. So you look at his actions. You're like, ah, this guy is showing so much work. So, so much working. Why don't I just... It's true. I mean, let me just give myself to this guy. And that's it. And one. And one. For sure. I mean, by the time you realize he has slept with you, and now when you say, can you send me some money? Which money? Or, he will send you money, and then you say, I've sent you money, come over. He's now using it as uh, butter trade. I give you money, you give me sex. He will never discard you, and you think it's still love. No, it's not, it's not love. It's business, I tell you. <laughs> it's business. Yes, I remember I used to teach in a secondary school many years ago, about 10 years ago. Uh, over 10 years ago. I used to teach in a secondary school. And I had some students, young girls. One of them asked me, because I was talking to them about some of these things, you know. And one of them asked me, said, she said, so when the guy is sleeping with you, sleeps with you, and it's like he still likes you because he's still giving you things, none of that. What do you say about that? I said, no, it's just a business transaction. Because he gives you the money and then he sleeps with you. That's, that's how it is. So, um, it's a revelation. Yes, because a guy has a plan for you. He's going with you uh, until you are 28 and you are, you are searching for marriage. Then you marry someone who is younger and fresher and then leave you on the way. Yes. And then you, now you are like, hey, what am I going to do? You have done four abortions for him already. And you are feeling so bad, you can't renovate yourself. You see? So don't say, oh, the guy likes me, he keeps coming around. What you like, you, you travel for. He keeps traveling to come and come and have. What you like, you travel for. It's traveling. Someone told me that. What you like, you travel for. Yeah. Useless philosophies that are not scriptural. So we love God because He first loved. You need the revelation of the love. That's the bottom line. You need the revelation of the, of the fact that God has so loved you. If you see that, how much God has loved you, you reciprocate His love, his love to Him. Okay, First Corinthians, no, Second Corinthians chapter five, verse thirteen. Second Corinthians five, verse thirteen. Go to fourteen. Fourteen now. Let's read it in Amplified. For the love of Christ controls and edges and impels us, because we have the opinion and conviction that if one died for all, then all died. Next verse. And he died for all, so that all those who live might no longer might live no longer to them to and for themselves, but to and for him who died and was raised again for their sake. You see, so this guy says that I'm going to live for the Lord because I remember how he loved me. For the love of Christ compels us. If you understand the love that Christ has had in your in your case, it will compel you. Hmm? To do what he wants to do. He, want, he wants you to do for him. To so compel you to love him. Yes, I said all of that about the guys. 
a lady's responding to guy's love. Because I want you to understand this. If you understand the fact that God has so loved you, you love him back. That is the it's a response. That's a natural response. That's a natural response. Hallelujah. I've answered you. So that's all you need. You need, to, you need to find out about how much God loves you. When you find it out, your response will be that, ah, let me, let me return his love to him. That's how it will be. Okay? And the second question is what? How do you know if you have the healing anointing? How would you know if you... Come again. If you are called to the healing ministry. Okay. First of all, we are all called to the healing ministry. Mark chapter 16. Have you seen that everything is in the Bible? Mark 16, verse 15. And he said to them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be condemned or shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. In my name shall they speak with new tongues. In my name they shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. So all of us are called into... I do believe in Jesus Christ. We are called into the healing ministry. All of us. But apart from us being called, all of us being called into the healing ministry, there are those who have the gifts of healing. Okay? And you don't determine. There's the Holy Spirit who gives it to you. So all you need to do is to depend on the Holy Spirit for what he wants to do in your life. So you would know as time goes on. How do you know you are born again? Through the inward witness. Romans chapter 8 verse 16. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God, isn't it? So if something as important as being a child of God is confirmed by the Holy Spirit within you, then something as important also as the healing ministry will be confirmed to you by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will tell you. He will tell you. I'm, I'm called to the healing ministry. And what I see today is not what God wants me to see. So for the past three years, God has been nagging me <laughs> about having a very wild study concerning it and getting into it properly. Yes, that's what has been happening. God has been nagging me concerning it. Do it. Do it like this. Do it like this. Do it like this. Do it like this. And I'm following it. So I'm, I'm being educated concerning it. Why? I'm not forcing it on myself. The Holy Spirit. That's what it's like. If I don't do it, it's like, I, I, I'm not comfortable at all. Yes. Sometimes when something goes off, the Lord will tell me, it's because you don't have the healing ministry. You are not developing yourself in the healing ministry. That is why this has happened. This thing will not let me swear it. A lot of people's lives are dependent on that. So make sure you, you get it. So he nags you, he tells you. There's nothing, you, there's no reaction like when you are dead, then your hand will be coming hot. Cancer, I should have to, cancer is going to be healed. No, that's not it. It's not scriptural, it's not in the Bible. If that happens, it's the Holy Spirit who will prompt you that this is what you need. But it's not, it's not, there are no hand and fast bent rules that if your leg is shaking like this, like you are in a service and your leg is shaking like it means that you need to lay your legs on people. There's nothing like that. 
depend on the Holy Spirit for it. Okay? Someone else asked. Okay. He asked a question. Nobody has asked a question from here. Yes. There are plenty of questions where? Eh. Wow. About 20 more. Wow. You didn't say yes. Hallelujah. Um, first of all, mine is related to the sorry, the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Um, this year, one thing I've tried to do, or I want to do, is to get closer to the Holy Spirit. Um, so sometimes I start like Holy Spirit. Good morning. I go to what's happening. So I try to involve Him in everything I I do, but sometimes like I forget. I forget to do it. Like He's staring at me. I'm staring at Him. But I want to do it on my own in that way. But I also don't like it. I want to involve him. But it's like, I don't know how to. It's like, he's there. He's looking at me. I'm also looking at him. And it's like, I'm, I'm doing it. Like, I'm doing it. And then at the end, like, it will, it will cast. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be like, maybe I'll do the wrong thing at the end. Then I don't understand what you're saying. Okay. <laughs> Pastor, what I'm trying to say that this year I want to get close to the Holy Spirit and involve Him in everything I do. But sometimes it's like I forget to involve Him. Like I want to do it on my own. And to me, I know that he, He's looking at me. He wants me to engage Him, but I don't feel like do asking, asking him and then I'll be doing the thing and then at the end it wouldn't be the right result. Uh-huh. So with that one, how do you go about it? How do you, like every day? Brad, start, start talking. Okay. And uh, no, I mean, start, just, you know he's expecting you to ask. I want you to say gentleman. If you, you, you don't ask, he will not mind you. You need to ask him. You need to invite him into your affairs. That's how he is. Because he's a perfect gentleman. You get it? Yes. Yeah, so that's what you need to do. Ask for his help. He's a helper. So if you ask for his help, he'll help you. Yes. On every level. Okay. So all you need to do is to ask. Don't, don't think too much. Please help me with this. You'll be surprised. That his energy will come for you to do it. Hey, will you help me understand this particular course? Sometimes you have a course, you don't understand the thing. The lecturer comes, he's just talking. <laughs> have you seen Zambi He's just talking. Oh, yes. I had a lecturer who was always speaking to the board. When he comes, he comes like this. So when you combine X plus Y, you get XY. And then it goes to Y. Well, how does it go to Y again? How does it go? He doesn't understand the course. He's always... When we, when, first year, the whole class, we were about 17 in the class. The whole class was there for his lectures. By second semester, the class had divided into two. Half were coming. By final year, only three people were going for his class. And he did the only one who taught us. He didn't mind. He was the only one who taught us from first year to final year. He didn't mind. He would always come and come and stand in front of the Consistent, yes. So he has to he has to do what he's supposed to do. So he'll come and do that. So you need the help of the Holy Spirit. How how we pass his exams? He said, Mary, I don't know how I I don't know, but I passed. I passed a long time ago. Yes. Now, I passed to um, concerning sharing the word. Sometimes I'm in a car and I want to share the word with this person. But I'm, I'm like, with the car, you do her, I'll see it. 
And when we get to here, I'll say it. So you know the boldness of the, you need the boldness of the spirit. Pray in tongues and ask the Holy Spirit to give you boldness. Acts chapter, Acts chapter six, right? Acts chapter four, rather, verse twenty-nine. And they lifted up their voice with one accord and said, "Now, Lord, behold their threatenings, and grant unto thy servants that with all boldness they may speak thy word." So you need to pray for boldness. It doesn't come normally. You need to pray for what boldness to speak the word. It's a prayer that you need to pray. How do you get the boldness? By stretching forth your hand. Look at the next by stretching forth your hand, that miracle, that by stretching forth your hand to heal, and that signs of wonders will be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. You see, you need to pray for boldness. If you don't pray for it, you don't get it. Request for it. If you request for it, you get it. Okay? Yes, question on, on phone. What happens? Have you learned anything since we started? Has it been profitable? Beautiful. What happens if someone commits fornication? Does he lose certain things planned by God? Maybe anointing or something he should have received in his life? And does he receive it back if he changes? What's the whole dynamic? Wow. What a question. Hallelujah. Fornication. All about fornication. There's a book on it by Bishop Dag. You need to read it. All about fornication. You will learn a lot. But what happens with... Um, well, when God tells you flee, flee. That's the bottom line. Even without the dynamics. When they tell you stop, stop. Or if you are going to put your hand in fire. And they say, don't put your hand in the fire. And you say, I want to put my hand in the fire to see what will happen. What will happen? You will get bent. No be so. Now... When it comes to fornication, fornication seems to be the only thing that transcends this earth and affects your spiritual body. First Corinthians chapter 7. It's all a stick. Like, I'm not the one saying it. Don't look at me like it's like, hey, hey. First Corinthians 7. Look at me from verse. Uh, no, First Corinthians 6. Let's read from verse 8. Okay. Next verse. Meat for the belly, and the belly for meats. Says your stomach for food, and food for your stomach. But God shall destroy both it and them. Now the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord. This is the problem. That your body is for the Lord, and the Lord is for the body. You see, the body of Christ is not only made up of. It's not a spiritual. It's not only a spiritual composition. Your body, this body of yours. Is also members of Christ. This physical body is a member of Christ. This physical body is a member of Christ. Are you in the church? So when we say body of Christ, don't only think about your spirit. This body is also part, and that's what he's trying to let you know. He says the body, the Lord is for the the body is not for fornication, but for the Lord, and the Lord also for the body. Next verse. Physical body, you not spiritual body. Next verse. Know you not that your bodies. These bodies, your bodies, are members of Christ. Don't you know that they are members of Christ? Shall I then, then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an allot? Please God forbid. That's what you do. When you, when you are sleeping with somebody, you are becoming a member of an allot with a person. You are becoming one flesh with a person. That is why you can be sitting on somewhere. You had sex with this person 10 years ago. And you are sitting on somewhere. All of a sudden, you feel like having sex. When the person is having sex somewhere, you also feel like having sex. 
because your body is being engaged in sexual activity somewhere. Oh yeah. That is why a lot of people have difficulty. Those who have had exposure, they have difficulty keeping themselves. It's like it's like it's almost impossible. Because as you are trying to discipline yourself, your body is somewhere spiritually, in a physical somewhere. I, I tell you, it's going on. <laughs> no, you know that your bodies are the members of Christ. Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an harlot? God forbid. Next verse. What? No, you know that he which is joined to an harlot is one body. Have you seen it? For two, see, it shall be one flesh. This is for marriage. It's, the two shall be one flesh. It's for marriage. It's not for something. It's not for moving around. Sex was made for married couples. That's it. Take it or leave it. You can do whatever you want to do. Right? That is it. Next verse. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Next verse. Flee fornication. Same discussion. Flee fornication. Why? Because every sin that a man doeth is without the body. Every sin that you do does not affect this body. But he that committed fornication sinned against his own body. So when you commit fornication, you say, you are sinning against this, your body. Why? This is the same body that will come up in the resurrection. So it looks as though in the resurrection we will see that you were fornicator on earth. It's the only thing that will show up. It's like it will show up. Eh? <laughs> yes, let me shout. Believe fornication. Everything that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committed fornication sinned against his own body. You are sinning against your own body, your own resurrected body. Next verse. What? No, you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. He's saying again, not your spirit, your body. So the Holy Ghost is in your body. Your body is the temple of the, not your spirit. There's the spirit one. The, your, your spirit is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Apart from that, your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. Your body, you, not your spirit, your body. Knowing you know that your body, you may not know. So you say, ah, what? Don't you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost? Which is in you, which you have of God, and that you are not your own. Your body does not belong to you. You were bought with a price. Next verse. For you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body. So you are supposed to glorify God in this your body. Not for fornication. Using it for fornication is degrading it. And it has everything to do with your destiny. Why do you think Joseph said no to Potiphar's wife? Couldn't he have had enjoyed the scholarship? This is your master's wife. Fresh girl, fresh woman, nomicious type of body. There are different types of sex. There's Hunam Sadi. There's Hunam Crocodile. When you touch the, the flesh, like, hey, it can cut you. This is Hunam Sadi. Nice, tightest type of Sadi. Such a. Joseph said, no. Why? He knew that that's what about his destiny. No, so. It was where? <laughs> Hallelujah. Are you in the church or you have gone home? It can abort your destiny. Don't be asking me questions. So, what does when you repent, does it come back? Ah. God says flee. What is your problem? Stop asking too many questions. Just flee. This is the only thing God says flee, like flee from, run and fly from. You say, isn't it what? He didn't say run from the devil. Even the devil, he didn't say right, you should run from him. When you can say this one, flee. Yeah, this one, the only solution is flee. Run and fly. No discussion. Just go away. 
Yes. I seeing it. So I don't know what you think. But what the scriptures think is what I think. No matter the pressure, suffer. Lord, you are not going anywhere. It's me again. Oh God. Yes, run from sexual sin. No other sin is so clearly no other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. It's a sin against your own body. Why? Because this body, I told you, this body is the body you get in the resurrection. And it seems that this one it is shows up inside. You are sinning against your own body. Because your body is for the Lord, the temple of the Holy Spirit is for the Lord. And from the scriptures, we know that it is a possible destiny aborter. Genesis chapter 49. Maybe you think I'm lying. Genesis chapter 49. Let me show you. Amanabaya. Everything is in the Bible. Everything. Genesis 49 from verse 1. Jacob called his children, and Jacob called unto his sons and said, Gather yourselves together, that I may tell you that which shall befall you in the last days. So they all gathered. Fair son. Next verse. Are you in the church? Reuben, thou art my firstborn, my might, and the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity, and the excellency of power. Reuben had great potential. He had a great destiny. This is Reuben. Firstborn, my might, the beginning of my strength, the excellency of dignity, and the excellency of power. But, next verse. Unstable as water, you shall not excel. You will not excel. You are going to be as unstable as water. Why? Because you went up to, the, to thy father's bed and defiled it. He went in, onto my, up to my couch. Reuben went to sleep with his father's wife. He slept with his father's wife. Because of that, his destiny was aborted. I, do you want more evidence? <laughs> do you want more? Yeah, so this guy's destiny was aborted completely. Amnon was sick of love for his own sister, his own house sister. The sexual drive was so hard that he fell sick. Yes. He fell sick. It was not easy for him. He fell sick. And his friend helped him design a plan so that he can sleep with the the sister. And he slept with the sister. Because of that thing, he died. You know, he did what? His life was cut short. Absalom killed him free of charge. Free of charge. There was no charge to Absalom for killing Amnon. No chance. You want more evidence? Dinah. Dinah was walking in the town. Her buttocks were shaking. To whom to? To whom from? To whom do you belong to? To whom to? For whom? To whom do you belong And then this guy said, Ha! Ah, when did this girl come into this area? They said, Oh, it's Jacob's daughter. Ah, she's nice, so. Small girl, come. How are you? Eh, it's good to see you. Wow, you're nice. Wow, come, come and let me see you. Some time is here. He slept with a girl. When he slept with a girl, you know what happened to him? He was killed. Even when they were trying to make peace, he was killed. His father was killed. His mother was killed. His whole village was killed 
because of his fornication. One. So it's something you need to be afraid of. Like develop some fear for it. I don't know if you get it. What God says is wrong. It's wrong. Why do you want to use a lot of modern day whatever? And it's not anything. It's whatever. It's, it's just. It's just what. It's a test drive. We're just enjoying ourselves. I mean, we must see. I mean, we are young. I mean, what do you think? I mean, what? Hey, it's up to you. If you want to abort your life, it's up to you. Now, you may have done something wrong in times past, and you have realized that this thing is wrong. Don't continue in it. It's as simple as that. Don't ask questions. Did my my destiny was it aborted at that time? Now that you know, in the time of ignorance, God winged that. But now that you know, he says, the Lord commands everybody everywhere to repent. So just change. Change your mind about it. And keep yourself. No matter what. What do you think? You may have a lot of boys texting you and seeing all kinds of things to you. Some of them, brah. If you want it, put a ring on it. If you want it, put a ring on it. It's as simple as that. Become precious. Have value for yourself. You want to touch my breast? Marry me. Show them. Do you want this breast? I don't say, I don't say open it though. Wow. Yes. Keep yourself. I mean, stop. You are exposing your ties. The ties is drying up. The sun is shining on the ties. All the juice inside is finishing. Cover it so that when you remove it, ah, there's a lot of juice. Cover yourself, okay? What do you think? Cover your breast, cover your buttocks, cover your ties, cover your, your shoulder, your cleavage, cover everything. Yes. Don't let the sun be shining on those places. It loses its significance. When you keep it, it has real significance. There's oil inside. When you open, it's fire. <laughs> I tell you. <laughs> so, that's the, that's the answer. Have I answered you? I've just showed you what I know from the scriptures. That's it. Yes, that's, that's what the Bible says. So, let's not argue. The gifts and the callings of God are without repentance. But you are destroying the opportunities you have. Yes. Head yourselves. He that purges himself from these things shall become a vessel that is of honor to the Lord, ready to be, to be used by God. If God says, I don't like it, and you want to work with God, why do you do what he doesn't like? Or, if I'm your friend, and I say, you want to really relate with me, and I say, I don't like this, and you keep doing it, what do you think I will do? Go your way, I also go my way. It's as simple as that. Don't be so. Marry. Do what? Have marriage on your mind. I had marriage on my mind when I was 20. And I looked forward to it. Yes. Marry. Have marriage on your mind. Early. Yes. Yes. First Corinthians 7.2 Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife. And let every woman have her own husband. Listen, marry and do what you need to do. Fulfill all righteousness on the marriage bed. Undefiled. Kitchen anointing. Uh, whatever. Dining, table anointing. Everywhere. Anoint everywhere. We have garage, car, bonnets, back seats, compound, on the gates. 
by the TV, in the couch, on the carpet, on the fridge, everywhere, on the deep freezer, by the walls, other people's house. Yes, other people's house. In hotels. Yes. Everywhere. Change environments, be happy. Bathtub. Ah. In the shower. Fulfill all righteousness. Marry. Just marry. Are you in the church? To avoid fornication, do what? Marry. To have marriage on your mind. If you are starting a relationship, have marriage on your mind. We are marrying. You tell her, listen, we are marrying. Oh, Mary, you see what I'll do to you. You will see what I'll do to you. But you first, let's marry. Oh, Mary. Yeah. Smile. Yeah. Yeah. Let's marry. Oh, Mary. All the year can happen. Yes. And that wants to marry. I mean, Joshua is here. Fire. It's fire inside. Fire is inside. Don't have mercy on her. Break her legs. Or you will break his legs. You, you break your legs. She wants her legs to be broken. Is it not nice? It's nice. It's nice. Someone must break your legs. And you must also break someone's legs. Do that. What do you think? Marry. Just what? Marry. It's as simple as that. Don't think too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I tell you. Hello? And you don't need so many things to marry. All you need is a ring. A dress. And a reverend minister. We are here. Pastor Cobb is a reverend minister. You can marry in the office. You can marry anywhere. You don't need anybody around. Have parental consent. Your parents are there. This one. Witnesses are there. Just sign. We are done. Legal. Baby. Come. It's as simple as that. Let's settle matters and continue settling ourselves till we die. Is it too difficult to understand? Yeah. I tried to this. I couldn't bear it. I'm like, Charlie, we are married. We are what? Married. I need me a wife so that I can be happy. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's Word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T Podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in, and enjoy God's Word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless you.